This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Let's talk about some of the best unmaskings in all of comics. These are those moments where a character has been revealed in a public way, not the... But I feel like we're going to have a nice spectrum of characters who have done it both privately and publicly. It's true. There's a lot of that. You know, when we think unmaskings, we think like big public unmaskings. But, you know, truth is we could easily have called this like superhero outings, too, because, you know, that falls under the same purview, I feel. Right, exactly. Uh, And I don't know if this counts, but I guess like reveals, you know, because like like Zorn, for example. Yes. When that Zorn helmet comes off, that's technically unmasking, but it's also a, re- a big character reveal that says like, hey, I was actually Magneto the whole time. Oh. That's, I think it's technically an unmasking, and by the way, awesome, and oh, by the way, that really sucks that they undid it. Mm, a really big one. Yeah, but I didn't even consider that one. But yeah, that is a really big Marvel unmasking. Magneto was actually Zorn. You know what uh, got me thinking about it was seeing Zorn in House of X today. <laughs> yeah, uh, Zorn and the other Zorn. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I pff, no. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, that's an unmasking. And it was a uh, listen when that came out. I remember like I wasn't reading X Men at the time, uh, and I remember people being like, holy crap! Like that was a big friggin' deal. Same here, in fact, (laughs) they did. You know, in fact, I think that was one of the first instances of when I remember, quote unquote, non-comic focused, but still geek focused, like websites and periodicals Uh picking up on that. I if I do remember correctly, I think IGN wrote about that when that was a thing like, yo, can you believe Magneto was actually Zorn? And again, like you, I wasn't reading X-Men comics at the time. And I was like, who, what, where, why? I really don't know what that means, but thanks for spoiling the book for me. Yeah which would become a trend. <laughs> now it's a time-honored tradition. Yeah, no, unmaskings are, like, all the rage now. That's all you do now. Uh, you gotta, yeah, you gotta jump into it. Um, what uh, what other what other list do you have? I mean, like, I don't want to get to the big ones until we want to keep them out a little bit, you know, keep peppering them in. Uh, I noticed from your list you mentioned the Hobgoblin. Yes, which the funny, the Hobgoblin unmasking that I relate to the most and i think it's more famous is actually the incorrect unmasking where it's ned Leeds is unmasked as the hobgoblin obviously it's not it was roderick kingsley but that image will live forever just ned being all scared and all the gunmen around him it's like whoa ned Leeds. i had no idea yeah the big retcon that uh kingpin gives spider-man the dossier here it is (laughs) turns out that Hobgoblin died in a previous one-shot story, Spider-Man versus Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, and he really got his ass kicked by a couple of guys, just a random couple of guys. But yeah, that moment yep. of him being like, "Huh, what?" That was that was a big deal. Uh, it, I, I remember like it being treated as a big deal because I wasn't alive when it came out, or at least uh-huh. I wasn't reading comics certainly. But uh, when that came out, it was a big deal. It had repercussions that long, like, lasted to the point where, like, Hobgoblin Lives was a pretty well-selling book that retconned it to the original real 
revelation that is Hobgoblin is really Roderick Kingsley. Uh, but yeah, Hobgoblin's outing, well, I mean, like, here's the thing. They built to that outing for so long. And, mm-hmm. like, who is the Hobgoblin was kind of like, people talk about the 80s being defined by, in Spider-Man, like, Venom. And it's like, Venom showed up at the tail end in, like, 89. Yeah. The real, like, owner of the 80s in Spider-Man was Hobgoblin, was just like... And- this 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 sane green goblin who knew mm-hmm. what he was doing, who was male- who was malevolent, who could be anybody. Yep. And they kept dropping little hints about it. Who who could it be? Really really great idea. Really great like amazing build up. And then of course like that's that's why you gotta like either get the idea of who it is out of the writer beforehand or don't fire the writer before they finish the story. Exactly. You know, Hobgoblin is probably one of my favorite Spider-Man stories, not just because of what's on the page, but because what we found out years later, what happened behind the scenes and why it kept changing and why they kept playing, you know, uh, what is it, back and forth with each other? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, jump into it. What do, you, what do you got? What do you want to bring to the table besides what? that? Right. Well, you know, I, again, I guess because we're on Spider-Man right now and there's honestly so many great Spider-Man unmaskings. Uh, Quentin Beck post death when he unmasked. And this is even because it's a particularly like, you know, shocking moment, but just because it's such a striking image when he takes off the thing and, oh, he's missing a big piece of his head from, you know, where he shot himself. Yeah, um, I was out by that point, but I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, he's a zombie now? He's a ghost? What? Right, what are you doing? I mean, like, you could have, and by the way, like, the image of Quentin Beck with, like, half his face missing obviously could be just an illusion. Like, that's just, like, that's my look from now on. Yeah, I'm just going to be this guy. It it reminded me, it harkens back to this amazing page, this full-page splash from Spider-Man Torment uh, by McFarlane of Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man being, like, tormented by this, like, uh, poison in his bloodstream and he sees Craven, but it's like Craven post-mortem so like he's got like half <laughs> his head is missing from the shotgun blast and it's, it's such a cool image and it's like I'm amazed they got away with it but uh, I liked that visual and as a kid I remember reading it and being like is this what Craven's gonna look like from now on? Like, is Craven gonna be like a half-faced zombie? <laughs> that sounds awesome. No, it was, just a, it was just a visual. It was just scary looking. Just um, a cool visual flourish, which I guess this Quentin Beck thing was that too, because then he falls away in relevance, and now we're even calling into question in current stories where it's like, wait, but did you kill yourself? No, but you definitely went to hell though. But maybe that was illusion. We don't know. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm hoping that it is that he really did die he really went to hell he's really back and it's like it's because of the machinations of of the kindred that he's returned i don't know i'll take it i don't care <laughs> it's fun it's it's better than what we were getting previously exactly uh jumping into the super chats really quick dylan gupta cassidy says so since we're seeing spencer undoing one uh one more day which don't you don't want to you don't want to say that out loud because you don't know if that's true or not. You don't say, don't count your retcons before they're hatched. Since it seems like Spencer is heading towards that, but we don't know. Do you think we're gonna get an unmasking of Peter Parker again? Absolutely not. Mm, I hope not. No, I think I think just because the movie did it doesn't mean that they're gonna do it necessarily. It used to be that if the movie did it, you have to do it. Like, and, I, not, and not because the movie told them to, but just because that's what Marvel does. Marvel's that's like, what people are expecting. Oh, yes, movie. Yes, movie people. I promise. Whatever you need. Does he need organic webbing? Does he need to have the black mm-hmm. suit? Whatever. We'll change heaven and hell in order to make it happen. I promise you. 
I, I will make a prediction, though. I think by the end of Spencer's run, he will at least reveal himself to Boomerang. Oh, yeah. No, he will. Yeah. Or Boomerang will find out and that will forever change their relationship and being like, oh, can Fred Myers be trusted with this or will he continue to just be, you know, a dick? Right, exactly. And like there's no shortage of Spider-Man villains who know who he is or have known but kept it to themselves for no good reason other than they're kind of bros. Because why not? Uh, perfect example, uh, just recently, Jameson knows who he is now. Yep. That's a holdover from uh, Zdarsky's, uh, what was it? Uh, Dinner with a Jonah. Yeah, which is an excellent issue. It's funny, Zdarsky became an Eisner Award winner just last week, and I thought he had won it for that story, but he won it for another story. But it's really, really good stuff. Probably one of my favorite unmaskings in recent memory. I remember being like, kind of like, what? you just did this. Like, he has already known who he was. Like, I, I don't know. It felt really, like, too soon for me, but it was mm. so well executed, and the stories were really good that came out of it Yeah, that it worked for me. Um, most Spider-Man unmaskings outside of Civil War are done reasonably well. Um, I also cite Matt Gargan being a really crappy one, where it's just like, why would I throw away the only shake I have to sh or stick I have to shake at you, Parker? Like, <laughs> that's not good. No, that's not good enough. That's not. This does he still know, or did that get retconned away? Who the hell knows at this point? No, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I, I loved a lot of those unmaskings. My favorite Spider-Man reveal is a reverse unmasking where Mary Jane reveals to Spider-Man that she's known. Mm, that's a really good one. And then she herself unmasks her, like, you know, party girl facade and reveals that she's actually, like, this really vulnerable sensitive person who like has a really sordid past it's both those and i loved how back then they were like really cared about that kind of idea where they're like spider-man mm. gets unmasked so mary jane unmasks and it's like this little like duality uh love that idea and it's a, it, you gotta go back and read it um that's a really solid tra transversely i would say uh the times when lois finds out that superman is superman there's a particular action comics cover yeah and god i wish i could remember it's her looking through the glasses at superman yes. and the art is wonderful because you can see the gears the you know investigative journalist <laughs> gears turning and she finally puts it together and been like how was i so stupid i feel like that might be a burn cover because burn was working at the time but I love that cover as well. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. The 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 super the Superman reveals. I can't put my finger on any one particularly great Superman reveals his, his identity. Weird, right? Outside of the movie, and even the movie mm. is a joke because it's always about like the magic kiss. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but yet, Lois finding out who Clark is is like an iconic unmasking if you will in and of itself it's one of those weird things where it's like that there is no really really good story but the story in your but you think you've already read it exactly it's like you know pop culture nerd osmosis you know we've absorbed it after all these years it's funny too to talk about unmaskings in superman we're unmasking a character whose thing is he doesn't wear a mask right yeah it's it's more like the well it's an unmasking in terms of taking off the glasses which are the mask but yeah mm. no i agree it's it's literal, not figurative. And yeah, and the glasses is the mask he wears in his civilian form, which is who he's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't wear the mask as the hero. That's that's kind of fun. 
Yeah, it, I, I I put on the mask to become myself. Yeah, I'm even trying to think of like any older stories, like or any self-contained stories. You know, like Birthright, or uh, mm. I'm thinking specifically of oh, uh, for for the Superman for All Seasons. But neither of those have the reveal, and I think it's because like no. your most iconic Superman stories always have that kind of duality of like Lois loves Superman, but dis credits Clark like you know doesn't doesn't yeah. count Clark and so you have this kind of like fun irony of these of, of, of these two halves of the same person um, but at the same time I also hate going backwards in continuity so it's mm. like I prefer a married Superman I prefer Superman and Lois knowing who don't we, we all I mean you know and, and I remember I remember like back in the death of Superman days uh, Lois and Clark talking about how they're going to bring Clark Kent back from the dead now that Superman's mm. back since Clark has been missing for like six months or a year or something <laughs> in continuity time and so Clark like offers a bunch of opportunities he's like I was kidnapped by aliens or <laughs> I was underneath this thing and like he mentions like three different scenarios and Lois goes no offense Clark but like who would fall for that and he goes um you did all the time <laughs> <laughs> Which that you know, is really good. Night on the couch, but yeah. <laughs> um, jumping back into the super chats really quick. Uh, Juwan Fincher helping us out, but Abed Naga, dude, thank you so much for that outpouring of incredible generosity, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, Want to send as much love as I can before I head out. Well, you're not even watching the episode. I'm sorry you can't stay, man. But definitely, you know, catch it later. Thank hopefully you catch the shout out. If not, you'll see it afterwards. Uh, thank you so much, dude. Um, Robert Core, Mighty Thor, and the War Thor are recent surprises. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those were really good ones. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Thor booster. How did I forget that the shock of, oh, wow, War Thor was actually silly, funny Volstag, and now he's this murder, blood-crazy kill machine. And, yeah, obviously Jane, too. The Jane thing is hilarious because she had a helmet baked into her thing, and, like, obviously that was leading to a big unmasking. We as the reader knew, but no one else knew. Yes, exactly. No, you know I, who screwed I, that up, though? Wade screwed that up, though, because she took the helmet off in his Avengers when she shouldn't have. Boo. Mm, Wade. They also never quite answered the question, when she is Thor, is she just blonde Jane, or does she become a different-looking person, I a was, la Donald Blake and Thor? I was wondering that myself, because I feel like she physically alters appearance. Like, she basically becomes, like, a taller person. A new person, yeah. So I think, yeah. The I movies guess. are going to have to deal with this when they get there. Is it just going to be blonde Portman, or are we going to get, like, Gwendolyn Christie to come on in and fill the role? I Seriously, if you want to speculate about that, I think it's just going to be Natalie Portman in a Thor costume. All right, which I'm fine with, but again, that's just something that I feel, even in a run that was going on for almost a decade, the comics never quite answered that question adequately. No. Phil Gornhard helping us out very much. Thank you very much, Phil. Irish Tartan uh, says, hey, guys, love this topic. My favorite, which we'll get into right now, is Daredevil's Unmasking by Bendis. I love focusing mm -hmm. on Matt Murdock fighting for the right to be Matt Murdock. Looking forward to your guys' picks. Keep up the good work. The, the Matt Murdock Daredevil reveal. From Murdock Papers. I mean, here's the thing. He's been outed a number of times. It's true. I would argue maybe more than anyone else if we were to actually tally them all up. Uh, he and Spider-Man are neck and neck because, like, Spider-Man, Doc Ock unmasked him. He unmasked himself. Miles Warren found out. You know, like, each time, like, a major villain finds out, Green Goblin. You know, like, a bunch of different unmasks. But, like, Daredevil, I know, one of my favorite unmaskings for Daredevil, while the Murdoch papers are some of the best Bendis stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's the big, like, everyone now knows. My favorite is the Kingpin reveal 
in I think Born Again. Mm, that's a solid one too. With uh, with Frank Miller, because like, damn, when you when you find out Kingpin knows, the, the all the tension gets ratcheted up, and you're just like, you're you're like, this is a whole new d- dimension. Oh yeah, and, and it was a yeah no, and and then he throws away the Matt Mo- the Matt Murdock persona, but like, the the Bendis unmasking for me is also a weird like. Marvel kind of couldn't stop doing it after that. Like, they were so no, impressed with that it was, idea. It was too good. Yeah. Not only did they force it on Spider-Man, but they also kept doing it to Daredevil. It's true, to the point where even in the Wade run, he's like, screw it, I'm not even going to wear a costume anymore. I'm just going to be crime-fighting Matt Murdock in a red suit. And then when I've had my fill of that, and when all my enemies try and ruin my life again, the, the purple children will help me put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. Uh, if, if you have... I mean, like, there's... I will say the moment where I think Matt Murdock is on the stand and they ask him to say his name and he says Daredevil and you're like, what? And they do it again. I'm like, yeah, the punch has kind of been taken out of that swing, but I appreciate that you're doing something interesting with it. The cool thing about Murdock papers is that it just wasn't the one cathartic moment of, oh, I'm unmasked. Oh, I'm outed. We drug that feeling out for basically the entire run of Bendis's thing is all Murdock papers. Isn't that something like it's it's like over 12 issues, isn't it? Murdock papers. And it just keeps going. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you you get to have the fallout of everyone in his life finding out. You get the really, really great bonus, which is. Murdoch legally fighting that mm-hmm. reveal where he's like, um, there is precedent for me to like publicly state that I'm not Daredevil, even though I'm lying. And that he gets outed in the media and as a lawyer he has to lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's a lot of really, really cool, like grown up stuff in there. It's not just like, oh no, they found out. Now what am I gonna do? Like they actually go someplace with it. It's something that even the MCU never really did. That that moment at the end of Iron Man when he says, I am Iron Man, I remember being like, whoa, like they're doing it. I guess that yeah. makes sense. And I remember immediately being okay with it because I'm like, good, they threw away the bodyguard thing. That sucks. Like nobody cares Same. about that. Um, Way to modernize it for modern audiences. Good job. And I said that as a comic fan. Right. But they never really explored it. Like they never went, went like, okay, well, you blew up this street. This building is destroyed. Here's the like mountain of legal fees. Here's all, here's a class action lawsuit against you. I'm rich enough and charming enough. <laughs> and that's the thing. But like, it would be interesting for them to have actually explored that in some like real way. Not, I'm not asking for like one whole Iron Man movie where it's like him dealing with international diplomacy, d- d- diplomacy <laughs> and like you know states rights and whatnot. I just wanted to see you know, Iron Man be like, you know, oh, and the class action lawsuit against you for this is coming up. Like, kind of like a way to reinforce, like, why most superheroes don't Choose to keep it. The the most they did with it was when the fake Mandarin blew up his house in three. Yeah, and that was only because he gave away his address, which, by the way, like, when, like, how could you not know where Tony Stark lives? Like, we know where Martha Stewart lives. We could, we, Mm -hmm. and and you can see his house, like, from a boat. Trust me. (laughs) From a, for a $20 filing fee under the Freedoms of Informations Act. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, but I, I still love that reveal. It was one of the best. Like, it wasn't in comics, but it was still pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, was, I would say that's one of the moments where I think a movie reveal trumps anything in the comics, because Iron Man's revealed himself in the comics several times, and none of them have had the impact of the I Am Iron Man moment. Yeah. You know, um, here's a reveal that isn't in the comics, but is close enough where I think everyone in the audience will give it us a pass. 
and I think you're going to like it too, is the Batman animated series episode Over the Edge. Mm. Oh, yeah. But you get to see Batman's identity out and the repercussions thereof, mostly because a junior sidekick is killed. Um, One of my favorite episodes for all those reasons and more. But, oh, yeah, that's that's flavor country. And, again, yeah. talk, talk about repercussions. They're all the villains want to sue him once they realize he's rich. Well, and it's because they're like, we have 22 minutes. How are we going to, like, address all of the fallout of this concept? We'll just make all the villains, like, try to get rich off of Bruce Wayne. Because they now they know it's Bruce Wayne. Like, oh, it turns out I don't care about revenge so much as I care about money. Yeah, that's what we all come down to. Hey, we're mentally ill, and he's beating us up all the time. Hey. Yeah, that was genius. Um, Gordon's response, the GCPD, everybody. But, like, and how Batman's life would be destroyed. I, I don't think I've ever really seen a better or really many public outings of Batman's identity. It's true. They don't. They uh, they don't do it that much, and they certainly don't do it like that episode did. Also, too, that episode outed everybody because Barbara got outed and Dick got outed. The whole bat. It was a domino effect because if Batman gets outed, oh. it won't take long for everyone to figure out everyone's identity. It's all over. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's literally all over. Yeah, um, and I I think the closest thing we got to was when, and I thought we were gonna get it, and it didn't happen. Was during Batman Inc. when he's like, or during the launch of Batman Inc. when he's like, mm. I'm Bruce Wayne, and I. I've been funding Batman for years. Like, right. once you do that, anyone with half brains gonna be like, uh, "No, start you're Batman." Connecting dots. Like, you're Batman. Shut up. Stop treating no. us like morons. No, no, I'm a drunk playboy idiot. Look at me. Oh no, I fell in the fountain. Look at me, wackety schmackety Bruce. Yeah. All right. I guess that's true. You got me there, Bruce. Yet again. <laughs> um, but hey, speaking of identity reveals in the Bat Family, how do you like the Nightwing reveal in Forever Evil? I mean, I actually liked Grayson, but I hated it at the time. It right. actually led to some interesting stories. Yeah, who'd have thought that? Not yeah. only, like you liked Grayson. It's written by Tom King, and it actually made lemons out of or lemonade out of lemons with that reveal. I, I was I, like, I, I mean, it's written of, mostly by Seeley, co-written by Tom King. Yeah, I, he, I he was a you, co-writer at that point. Uh -huh. Yeah, he didn't have that much power. Mm -hmm. um, I gotta tell you, when when they revealed Grayson was Nightwing to everybody. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I didn't even think of the of the editorial, like, certain people within the company hate this character, want to destroy him. For me, it was mm -hmm. more like, um, you've, all, you've just outed Batman. Yeah, you really, people should really have been able to put it together. Like, that, and by the way, like, if that's the case, why don't you just out Batman then? Like, if you're gonna make it that close... And you're probably going to put it back anyway. Which they did. Why don't you just make it Batman and and take all the money? Like, well, what, what, wasn't it not just that they outed him, but he faked his death after that yeah. too, so he could go undercover with Spire? But again, people should still be digging. It shouldn't just be like, ah, oh, well, he's dead though, so you know. Right, so we're not going to like figure out... So, so Mr. Wayne, did you know that your ward was Batman's sidekick turned superhero? Did Batman, no. like, sneak in your house and kidnap your ward at night? Uh, this press conference is over. <laughs> because that's, like, the... That's what I have to... That's the conclusion I... It's either that or you're fucking Batman. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, wow, come to think of it, they never really dealt with it. In fact, it gets crazier, because in the Grayson book, that's all Spiral wanted to do, was to collect a database of superhero secret identities so they could use that against them. Yeah. What? 
That was literally all they were doing, and that's what Grayson had to do. Like, no, no, I need to stop them from finding other people's secret identities. I need to stop these people from uh, connecting the dots. It's just stupid. Uh, Adam Asamoah says, The Max had the best gun masking. He was a rabbit. I mean, you can't get better than that. <laughs> Listen, the, mas the Max is not a rabbit, but... He's a hobo. He's a hobo. Uh, but uh, the Max unmasking... Okay, we're going to talk about the Max, so bye, everybody. Let's. But um, <laughs> the, the Max... The Max was unmasked in Max number four. You know who his, you know what his real name is. You know the whole thing by issue four. Uh, they imply it's a rabbit. I think in certain dimensions it's a rabbit, but like no, nah, it's just some homeless guy named Dave. Um, I, for me, that was one of the most disappointing reveals. I was like, don't, don't take him out of that suit. Don't d explore that at all. Just leave it alone. Like just, just leave Max alone. The best unmasking of Max is in the cartoon, which is just basically the first twelve issues of the book. But uh, the last episode of the Max MTV animated series is the best unmasking for Max River could get. Um, by the way, speaking of Max, hey uh, Sam, where the hell is the last issue of Batman Max? Oh, has that not come out yet? It's been delayed like three times. Oh no! Well, didn't he do a Wolverine story just recently? Yeah, he's working on. I think he's working like for Marvel again. So. Oh, that's cool. Uh, also, Adam mentions uh, also Ultimate Spider-Man unmasking to MJ was great. Yes, it was great. Um, that moment was awesome because they explored like what a teenage, like a fifteen-year-old would do if they were a superhero and they just got their first <laughs> girlfriend for the first time, which is immediately tell them you're su you're a superhero. Naturally. Um, my favorite unmasking for Ultimate Spider-Man, besides his death and re and reveal and the Saint Patrick's mm. Cathedral funeral was him unmasking to Black Cat in the Ultimate Universe Ooh. where she promptly threw up on his crotch. <laughs> like, that was some that was some dynamite storytelling. <laughs> it's funny, uh, Miles, now that I stop and think about it, he didn't have as many explosive unmaskings. His parents just kind of found out eventually. Yeah, and then, depending on what you're reading, die. Yeah, only to be resurrected again. Although mm -hmm. I like Solid Amid is finally touching on that in the main book now. Good. Literally, that whole last arc has been about uh, ultimate characters and ultimate discontinuity. Miles basically goes on a trip and visits everyone. Oh, cool. Okay, that's great. Yeah, and then gets kidnapped by someone who calls him, uh, what is it, Subject 0204. And I'm like, okay, is this whoever this group is? Are they keeping track of ultimate universe refugees? That'd be great. I hope so. Just, that don't, seems turn to be into, just don't turn it into Earth 2 and, mm. the, and the bullshit that followed. No, no, I don't think we're going there. I think this is Amid being like, look, I know you like the Ultimate Universe. I know disregarding the Ultimate Universe is kind of hurtful to the character. So, look, it happened. We're keeping track of it, but also we're doing new shit, too. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Wright, Vicky Vale unmasking Bruce in Batman 89. Oh, uh, yeah. She straight up, like, Alfred unmasks him. Mm. Alfred just invites her into the cave. I love that because it became kind of like, here's the thing. You might not remember because it was old, but like uh, that kind of became like a little bit of like a joke, like a cultural joke uh, to the point where like everyone thought it was bullshit that Alfred brought Vicky Vale into the cave <laughs> and just was like, I'm sick of Bruce just trying to balance the whole Bruce Wayne Batman thing with this girl. I just want him to bang her. Just move <laughs> on and just invites her into the cave. It's bizarre. Um, I thought it was fine. Vicky, Vicky handles it really well. <laughs> Indeed. Like they, the 
it's funny how like compartmentalized the storytelling was from like Batman 89 versus like any superhero story made in the last 10 years. I know, right? Where like we got a whole movie out of MJ finding out Spider-Man's Peter Parker, but like in Batman 89, she just like knows like Alfred's just like, okay, well, uh, we're, get, we're getting to the third act and we don't have any time and we don't want to speed this shit along. Let's, let's move things along. She just, she find Alfred tells her the end. And you're like, oh, okay. But, like, the reality is Vicky's that kind of person where she, like, kind of would just be like, yeah. Um, for me, what, what's better is the moment where Bruce is in her apartment and he's trying to tell her. Mm. And that's mostly, it's not really a Batman moment as so much as that is a Michael Keaton acting moment where he's like. Boy, is it ever. doing that amazing monologue where he's like, you know how, like, there's, he's, there's somebody who, like goes to work and has a wife and kisses somebody goodbye before they leave and they get into a car and no (laughs) (laughs) because like i don't live that life either no okay well then he's trying to say it out loud you just can't get to it it's great just some great it is a really great moment well i am golden i'm not sure if this is unmasking but when luther finds out bruce wayne's batman and forever evil see there you go oh yeah i forgot that also happened yeah uh that sucked. We've been so long since that moment, and it didn't really matter, did it? No. The only thing you got out of it was Luther, like, bought his way into the Justice League membership. Right, down the line, which those were fun. Those were fun. But, yeah, I hear what you're saying. TV says Damian Wayne, uh, bus driver unmasking from Super Sons. That was Damian. Uh, that was just a Super Sons was... moment where Damian says, like, hey, hey, it was me the whole time. I was the bus driver. Which was driver. funny. That was a fun I, story. Yeah, read the first was. volume of Super Sons and you'll get that. It's good shit. Uh, I do actually have a Damien one here, but it's not what you might think. Oh, God. When the, when the heretic is unmasked in Batman Inc. and you find out that it's actually a little Damien clone. Yeah. That's but, definitely the grossest unmasking. Yeah. Man, that kind of ended with a thud, didn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. I was not a fan by that point. But which again, which is? I was not Which really era of Batman ain't because there's two. There's the pre-New 52 and post-New 52. They, but it was Morrison, so it all, was, it all is part of it. It was all the same, yeah. All the same. Um, Robert Core, what, what upcoming maskings are you looking forward to? Um, are there any teased, or do you just mean, like, what inevitabilities do you expect? I mean, Kindred, naturally. Uh, Leviathan, even though the comic kind of is not great, I actually do kind of be like, okay, well, who the fuck is under the mask? Right, though? right. Who is he? Will, yeah. will it matter? Will it just be some dude we invented? Yeah. that's The, the question is, what will Bendis do? And if yeah. you read his other books, you could probably find out. Um, is there a... I, since I dropped Event Leviathan after issue one because it was so horrible... Uh, my question to you is to get started. Is there a plot device character that he invents for this event? Mm, no, not yet. We're on issue three. Like it's coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Layla Miller was introduced, I think in issue two or three of house of M. So we still have time. Uh, there, there is like a lady scientist who gets kidnapped and apparently she was working for Argus on something. Right. I would, I don't know if I would call her a Layla Miller. No, she's more of a Victoria even... hand character. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Or even uh, what's a, who the fuck was the inhuman who could see the future? Uh, Ulysses. Ulysses, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not that level yet, but there's time. Yes. Uh, my guess is if he ha- if he doesn't introduce a plot device character, then the then Leviathan will be a made up character. Right. But probably more likely it will be 
somebody you know because they keep it they keep implying he knows a lot about the superhero community and everyone like he talks to plastic man and he lists every team plastic man has ever been on even some that technically shouldn't exist in the post new 52 dc rebirth yeah. era but well, it's probably maxwell lord then oh i mean i i want maxwell lord back but not like that i don't that sounds like a bendis thing through and through like i wanted what you did but not like that yeah, let me do it differently. Just like I wanted Jarrell to be a villain, but not the way Tomasi did it. I want it like this, though. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I think if people mention this one, the Hush reveal. Oh, yeah, that's obviously back now. Well, to answer that, which Hush reveal? Because we get several fake red herring reveals until we eventually get the real reveal and then the post reveal after the reveal. Yeah, because like if you read Hush... You know, there's this whole mystery about who Hush is, while they also retcon a character from Bruce Wayne's past who also has a total motivation to be Hush and yep. then turns out to be Hush, which is yep. like, really? Like, I think the best one is when you think it's Jason Todd for a minute, and then obviously it's not. But right. And by the way, when they make you think it's Jason and then it turns out not to be, really satisfying. I know that yeah. sounds kind of weird, but like, it was really satisfying for you to think, oh my God, could it be Jason? And mm -hmm. then they're like, no, that would be really, really lazy. And I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. When did, when did Jeff Loeb get integrity? And I know, then, right? Like literally someone says Dr. Thomas Elliot at least two times, at least by two different characters per issue. So yep. you're like, by the way, in Hush, there's this moment where like Harold hacks the bat computer to subtly show you pictures or show batman pictures of dr thomas elliott like over and over and over again to get him mm -hmm. to think to ask for him when his brain gets hurt yep uh that was like what jeff Loeb was doing to the reader by constantly telling you dr thomas elliott because you know it's going to be him and also too why would you invent a new character and have them not be the villain L lincoln march i'm looking at you as well that sucked the lincoln march reveal the dr thomas elliott reveal it sucks that it had to be so, like, obvious, but also, like, that they almost didn't want you to find out at the end, so they, like, did a little quick heel turn and then still revealed who it was. It was I, yeah. I give the Lincoln March thing a little bit more credit because at least it's like, oh, no, 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 but the Court of Owls is the real thing, and they have this real mysterious leadership anyway. It's not just one person. It's this weird council only to be like, yeah, but it was also just one person, though, and also I might be your brother. Same thing with Hush, by the way. Yeah, it's the same, but but really the Riddler was behind everything. Really the but, Riddler, but but yeah, no, but Hush was actually the bad guy. Like, but Hush will keep coming back though. Yeah, and then we're gonna establish he like does plastic surgery to become Bruce Wayne. It's just... That's a whole, man. Hush was never as good as he was in that first story, wasn't he? And no, even then, and even then he was a one note concept. And even then, it wasn't really him. It was the Riddler, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, because he had. Uh, there must be something in the water in the in comic universes because he had brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Like everybody. Uh, Tevia Smolka says, Mr. Oz being Jor-El, no one saw that reveal coming. Did you? Uh, actually, yeah, because it was rumored super hard and the rumor turned out to be 100% true. Yeah. Uh, I will say I liked the reveal of Mr. Oz being Jor-El. I kind of dug it until Bendis ruined it until he re it was really good for a while uh hey i guess bucky as winter soldier that was a pretty good reveal wasn't it yeah more of a reveal less of an unmasking but still like holy crap who'd have thought that i mean like hey jason todd unmasking is being the red hood 
And talk about Greg, uh, or what is it, uh, Brubaker being really goddamn good at mysteries and misdirection. Because yes. it's like, okay, we're putting you on the trail of another sidekick who was kind of like Bucky, but not Bucky. Yeah. Is the thing. And then we turn around and be like, oh, no, it was actually Bucky, though. Yeah. By the way, that was you, apropos of uh, unmaskings and reveals, this is an oldie. But if you've if you've never read it, you should because like you should always go back, even if you're a big fan of modern comics. The first reveal that Joker is the Red Hood, mm. like the original Red Hood reveal, because like it was a lot of fun. I remember reading it as a kid uh, in some Batman anthology I had, and the reveal that the Red Hood was Joker the whole time blew my mind. Yeah, where he takes off the mask, he's like, "It's me!" and I was the Red Hood the whole time, and actually. The reason I am like this is because I was Red Hood. And you're like, what? Like, that was a great unmasking. Mm -hmm. Even for a book that was written in, like, the 50s. Yeah, so hard to really, believe. Really, really fun. Check it out if you have And the fact that it's still part of continuity and keeps coming back over and over again. It'll make you really, like, if you reread The Killing Joke, you'll be like, he did it. He put the Red Hood thing in there. Which, by the way, no one had been referring to until then. Like, that was, The Killing Joke was, like, the first major reference to it. And that was only because Alan Moore likes to make old references to books yeah. he read when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. Or at least he liked to before his, his retirement. Yes, just recently, too. Hard to believe. I know. Again. How many times this guy retired? As many times Family Guy got canceled. Um, I, I guess so. Which, man, did you see the Watchmen water bottles at Comic-Con? No. Oh, man. They you were handing out. From the out HBO show? Yes. They were handing out Watchmen-themed water bottles. And I'm like, well, that's why Alan Moore quit again right there. Right, he's like, oh my god, no. He saw that, pulled his beard hair out, and like, I'm done. Yeah. But then I'm sure he also saw what happened in UK uh, politics just recently, and is like, oh, I, I wrote that in V for Vendetta, I predicted all of this, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I should come back. Right. I think he's probably, I mean, he's, he, the comic book industry made him world weary. I don't think addressing politics would make him want to jump back in. No, I doubt it. Luke S says, speaking of Ultimate Spider-Man, I think Bendis should write Blue Beetle and give Jaime the treatment of Ultimate Spider-Man. You won't get any complaint from me. Get him out of Superman. No, Put him no. in something I don't read. That sounds great. If, if Bendis still got it and Bendis still, you know, wants to, you know, establish new young heroes. Yeah, Jaime needs it. Yeah, give Blue Beetle the ultimate Spider-Man treatment, please. I got to tell you, I feel like I think Bendis' approach now is more like I don't have to do that anymore. Mm. I, no, I invigorated young characters. I, I, I wrote these kinds. Of, I wrote Sam and Twitch because no one would give me work, not because I like writing hard-boiled detective stories. I did this shit so I could get the Superman job. I write Avengers comics. I do events. I ruin the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe. I don't... I'm I don't, an architect. Yeah, I don't fix, like, underrepresented small side characters. That's when I me. can just create my own characters, too. Like, why should I write Jaime? I have Naomi. Any Blue Beetle pitch I'll just give to Naomi. Big time. That's the other thing. is that he's And he's, he's smart for doing that, by the way, because, like, he gets a check every time Nomi's used... Yep. Uh, and, he, and he's only co-writing that one right now. I feel like David F. Walker's doing all the heavy lifting. They're just hashing out ideas the together. Artist, the artist's phenomenal. Uh, Bernadette Ewerts says, uh, Justice, Injustice unmasking, especially Batman. Um, mm. I don't really remember him unmasking in Batman, but, or uh, Batman unmasking in Injustice, but like, yeah, the whole book is great. 
So Yeah, I, I mean, every moment of it is good, so I'm sure that's good, too. <laughs> Kyle Johnson, hey, guys, Spider-Man unmasking Tant May during JMS's run was great. Also, what did you guys think of our of Life Story number five? Life Story number five was fine. Uh, it better end great, because the last two issues were kind of like, meh. Really, I was digging on it, but... I liked uh, it, but I was like, it wasn't blowing my mind like the first three did couple well is it only because it's reminding you of all your problems with modern spider-man like uh unmaskings that didn't go anywhere or morlin no because like if you do something good with a character that sucks then you're only the first one to buy it or at the very least sing hmm. its praises it was kind of like eh, like oh, oh. like it, it was it would actually suffered a little bit from it being too short and me not caring mm. about his children too much I, uh, I did like the idea that even in this alternate universe, alternate timeline, Spider-Man still gets unmasked as a result of the Civil War. I know, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's but... really clever. The fact that they use 9-11 as the jumping off point for the Superhuman Registration Act and not the actual war in the Middle East, yeah. I thought that was quite clever. That was. Um, and his reveal to Aunt May, like the unmasking of, Aunt May, of, of Peter to Aunt May in uh, JMS's run, and in Bendis's run, were both pitch perfect. It makes me frustrated because, like, they have to do it again, and I don't think Spencer can hack it. Mm. Uh, Lucas also mentions, what about Mysterio's unmasking in South Park? Oh, Mysterion's unmasking. Oh, right. It was fun, actually. I really, I was like, hey, that's great. Good Because all their faces look the same. Exactly. Uh, Taylor Pester, how about Clue Master's reveal in Batman Eternal? What do you think, Joel? It was oh, yeah. The twist over again, lol. Oh, yeah, yeah, basically. It's like, haha, it was me, you know, this lame villain who actually had the idea for everything. Oh, now I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But don't tell Bendis that, though. He doesn't remember that character is dead and has been dead for five years, and he'll use it to write Stephanie out of the book. Yeah. Uh, Rusky910, uh, is Bendis his uncle, in his Uncle Frank years, or does he still have it? Uh, a lot of people would argue with me about his run right now, where they're like, okay, well, you can't read this this Superman book, but read this other Superman book. That one's great. And it's like, I read both of them, and I periodically pop in to see if there's still something I want to read, and they're not. So, like, for me, I'm off the Bendis train, but, like, you know, uh, I think there's still a lot of people who, you know, whereas when... The funny thing is, like, taste and good versus bad has become even more relative over the last few years so like I remember when like the Star Wars prequels were just dumb and mm -hmm. when, like Dark Knight Strikes Again was really bad mm -hmm. but now I live in a world where like people celebrate the prequels and talk about how brilliant they are and groundbreaking eh. and how like Dark Knight Strikes Again is like actually really fun and shut up about it and it's like well, I don't understand that either the art is horrendous and the story is really stupid and also, don't tell me I was there. Yeah, like, I remember when it was universally panned, and also I read it. So it's like, I know what I'm talking about, but, uh, you know. I, I'm just waiting for Bendis to have his, you know, like, uh, superior Iron Man moment to be like, yo, when he's on fire, he's on fire. Yeah, that superior Iron Man stuff was really good. Did he write that? Yes, he did, and then you can tell when he stopped giving a shit near the end when it all just became one Iron Man book, and you could tell he was already packing his shit up to leave to go to DC. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah, that's right. So um, even that book didn't get a great conclusion, but boy, boy, was the, that first little bit really good. Right. Uh, Louis, uh, or Louis so Southern says, uh, the Injustice Batman unmasking was brilliant because it was simply Superman tweeting out Bruce Wayne as Batman. Okay, oh, yeah, that's, Batman. that's right. Awesome. Fuck you, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Big Will Hitler as Hatemonger, classic. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, man. You're going old school on that one. The hate monger is actually a clone of Hitler. Yeah, it's fun. It's That's pretty good. Uh, Ooh, talk about uh, Captain America unmasking that never happened, and I wonder if Spencer will ever go back to this. The Kraken, the new version of the Kraken, who they swore was someone close to Captain America yeah. and who was going to be a big reveal, and we never found out who was under the Kraken mask. Yeah, no, that's true. I feel like if I hunt him down at a con, I'll have to ask him, yo, Nick Spencer, who was actually under the Kraken mask? Yeah, I bet he'd tell you. Um, I bet he would. Correction, uh, no, Bendis didn't write Superior Iron Man. That was Tom Taylor's. Bendis oh, wrote the other infamous. one, Infamous Iron Man. Right, sorry. I that was that. great. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was like, what? I mean, I, I liked Superior Iron Man, but uh, yeah, I liked Infamous Iron Man. Infamous Iron Man was awesome until the last issue. Yeah, when you could tell he just wasn't giving a shit no more. And then like, it kept going after that in the Iron Man book. That That is... Infamous Iron Man's ending is like finding out your girlfriend cheated on you and then doing an elaborate proposal and then <laughs> instead of proposing, like, farting on them or something. Like, it was just like a big F you to everybody. And the devil was involved all along. F you. Uh, the Terror of Death, the first time Superman unmasked himself to Lois Lane back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit in the beginning of the, t of the show, about how, like, it was kind of unmemorable. And about how, like, you kind of went like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's nice. Like, it didn't really have the, the panache and the gut punch that you were, that you would want to get or you would expect to have from, like, the most recognizable superhero on the planet revealing himself the way that you know he's done like a thousand times before, but can't quite pin your pin on which one you remember. Oh, the cover's really good, though. Yeah. Um, would the uh, Steve Rogers Hail Hydra be considered an unmasking? In a weird way, it's almost like a reverse unmasking, where it's like, I'm not the guy you thought I was, but there's a lot more in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love, uh, you mentioned Doctor Doom, uh, and his unmaskings. I love Doctor Doom unmaskings, particularly when, like, when they're done well. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned the one where, like, you know, because we've 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 heard that Doctor Doom is like this hideous, horrible, hideous visage, and uh, and then they do the reveal, and I don't remember who wrote it, but like, uh, it's, it's an just, old story. Yeah, but it's just a little scar. He's got a little, just got a little scar. He's got a little beauty mark on there, and yet that drives him so insane because he's such an egomaniac perfectionist that to think that just a little scar and he feels like he's some disfigured monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a great character moment. That's a great reveal that ties into the character. Mm -hmm. Same with uh, within Secret Wars when you find out Doctor Doom like can't fix his face, and then at the end he has like he takes off his mask and he's okay. Like that Reed gave him this one last thing. Uh, I haven't checked in on Doctor Doom in a bit. I know he's getting a solo series. Is he still normal under no, there? They post ruined Secret it. Wars? I think oh, just ruined it. No, oh, really? Before he left? I, I don't recall. I think it was very lame. That's right. Because again, infamous Iron Man in the Iron. Yes, that's right. He fucked up his face again at the very end on his way out the door. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Dan Slott did it. I think it was like I don't want to write about that kind of Iron Man. So like he ruined. It. I don't remember. It was right in the transition from Bendis leaving and Dan Slott taking over Fantastic Four. Well, I remember there was a backup by Slott where he's back in Lotvary and he's feeling bad for himself and he tries on like a new tribal costume that didn't stick around. But I thought he still looked normal at that point. Yeah. No. No, I think he burns some... Ugh, it doesn't matter. It's just... It was so lame, and it was so... To Wikipedia! <laughs> right. Find out. Uh, 
what was it? But Adam Asimov mentions the unmasking of the goddamn Batman to Dick Grayson. Mm. Was that even an unmask? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, it's when Dick, they were in the yellow house, and Batman whips off his mask to reveal that he's Bruce Wayne to both Robin, Dick Grayson, and Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. Which, hey, you know, it can be a good unmasking, but all for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, that was weird. You just wanted to me- you just wanted to reference the goddamn Batman, and so that, for that, I applaud you. Mm-hmm. I am and forever shall be the goddamn Batman. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, I was trying to think of some other ones that I remembered off the top of my head, but I don't mind just checking the list. Yeah, please uh, do. You mentioned... Um, you mentioned John Stewart TV unmasking. What is that? Called? Yeah. Okay. So like John Stewart go like this is like back during his tenure as Green Lantern. So this is how long ago it was when he was the main one when he first started. John Stewart wore the little domino mask like everyone else did mm-hmm. for Green Lanterns. Then he goes on like a TV show, like you know one of those nightly news programs, and he unmasks there. I don't know if he gets tricked into unmasking or if he's making a point about it, but basically that's what kicks off John Stewart as the maskless Green Lantern. And in fact, he still is that even in the Justice League cartoon, they made a solid point of, hey, this is a guy who doesn't wear a mask. Everyone knows he's Jon Stewart. Right. I I like that a lot. And I've never drawn that conclusion. Like, I've never for the life of me wondered why Jon Stewart doesn't wear a mask. Few people do. But they actually, yeah, that was a real story and a status quo shift in his book. The, hey, let's have him be a maskless Green Lantern and let's have him just, you know, walk around like that. Because you figure... As long as his lantern is charged, nothing can really hurt him. Yeah, right. He's totally cool on Earth walking around, and his community is super on board with having a Green Lantern looking out for them on Earth. Exactly. Uh, Louis Southard says, uh, I don't know if this is exactly an unmasking, but that issue of Slot's The Amazing Spider-Man, when dying Doc Ock reveals he was Peter, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, having... the. The reveal of Doc Ock in Peter's mind was amazing. The reveal of, like, him to different people was really cool. Like, uh, Superior Spider-Man was just a great series overall. Sure was. Um, so I don't blame you there. Uh, Luke S. says, Hush movie reveal was an interesting twist on it. Uh, I didn't see the movie because uh, I don't watch DC animated movies anymore. And you're, apparently you're, you're I'm not rewarded for it because I hear I'm not missing much. The last good one was Fatal Five, and that was only good because that was an original story that Bruce, Tim, and company really wanted to tell that had a beginning, middle, and end. This this is another weird adaptation. I will say changing the twist isn't quite as big a slap in the face as when they completely rewrote Gotham by Gaslight. This is kind of like a, well, I see why you did that, but I also wish you weren't trying to trick the comic readers watching, and if you were going to do this, you would have ran with that more than you did. It felt more like, a, oh, you thought we were going left, but we went right. Yeah, oh, I hate when that happens. Uh, Taylor Pester, the unmasking of Huntress as Batgirl in No Man's Land before Cass- uh, Cassie Kane became Batgirl. That was great. Yeah, nice reference. that was a cool reveal. Yeah, good, good pull. Man, No Man's Land. We should probably do that on the show. Uh, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised you have, but then again, No Man's Land is huge. I do. I have it? two different versions of the entire run. I have the first print run and then the second print run, where it's like it has too many. It has more books, which is a that's, mistake. That's another one of those things where it's like, oh, you think this is an event, but no, this was just like a year's worth of stories. This is just what was going on. Exactly. 
Chase Eichler. Uh, how about Croc being Batman and almost got him? That was a fun ah, one. That was more that of a, is a, just a plot device reveal, but I still love that moment. And if you haven't already watched it. Um, and I guess well, let's talk about Peter Parker's reveal in the Civil War story, Civil War, he unmasks in Civil War. Maybe the most famous unmasking in Marvel, if not maybe one of the most famous unmaskings in all of comics. Absolutely. Yeah, no, easily. It's if you type in like superhero unmasking, I bet it's the first thing that comes up. Um, Again, not saying it's the best, but no. it's the most impactful for sure. In the like, whoa, they actually did that, and then spent forever trying to put the genie back in the bottle. No, it's amazing. Uh, I recall the f like. It's funny because like when they were working on Civil War, if you were paying attention online, you got a lot of insight. You got a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. You knew what was going on. Uh, Marvel is also desperate for anyone to read Marvel, so like they were probably leaking things themselves. And so you knew that like Spider-Man played a role in Civil War, but he didn't really have a big role. And as I recall, the story goes, and I could be wrong because I wasn't there, but like Casada said, you gotta have a bigger moment at the end of this issue. Uh, Peter Parker takes off his mask, and they were like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. He would never do that. And like the bullpen was just like full of vitriol and fighting and Casada was like yes the fact that this much re like reaction was was gleaned from my from my own employees says to me that this is exactly what we need to do make good good let the hate flow through so you he makes uh, so he makes Mark Miller like work that in and you know what like it did it got like, got media like mo like major news coverage it sold crazy good um, yep. and it is the number one identity reveal in Marvel Comics and it's like a it's a character defining moment despite the fact that it wasn't organically warranted in the story no nor would it be something that Peter Parker would ever goddamn do it's a real blindside moment, too. Like, you couldn't possibly have seen that coming. No, and a lot of people uh, love the back in black story. They love, like, the, the whole run of Spider-Man stories that come after he reveals his identity. And it's, like, because you get to see, like, Deb Whitman's reaction, Betty Brant's mm. reaction, J. Jonah Jameson's reaction. You get to see everybody, and Peter has to deal with each of them in their own way, of course, by that point, JMS had left in disgust, and everybody else was, like, just desperately trying to hold on. And so, you know, the, the, the duty of telling these kind of, like, really well-executed stories fell onto, like, other writers who were, like, I don't know, uh, who were also, like, hand-strung by editorial who were, like, don't forget, even though, like, you're setting up things, like, causing doubt in the public consciousness about Peter Parker being Spider-Man because you have, like, the Iron Spiders and all the, and their, and their, you know, their cloaking tech and everything like that, you have all this stuff going on. At the end of the day, I'm just going to have magic make it go away. Yep. Devil magic. Right. Uh, I, it, it's funny for me because people are like, I love this this arc. And I'm like, this arc sprung from the worst possible source. And it, it and, and either the, the writers don't know because they're not told where it's going to end up or they're just trying to tell a good story like in spite of it. But either way, it, it's really weird because it's a it is a good story but it's also like bittersweet and hard to get into because of like how ruined it is i'm i'm reminded of that saying you know necessity is the mother of invention you know well he's identity is out there so you better write something good about it but then i'm also reminded of the phrase keeping your head above water making a wave when you can yeah no i agree because like is the story potential 
worth the decision. All the headache. Like, and it's like, I wonder. I don't know. I can't really, I can't really say. Uh, Flashpool says, I love the Aunt May always new in Spider-Man PS4, which also happened mm. in Spider-Man 400. Um, yep. I agree. Uh, I like that too. I felt like it was like, it, Aunt May bugged me in that game. So it was like hard for me to really like get into it. Like it just felt like it was kind of like, like I, I kind of saw it coming. It was nice, but it was also like, meh. Um, but I hear what you're saying. And, I, and listen, a lot of people love that story. That story of the game is fantastic. Thomas Agger mentions PS4 Spider-Man to Doc Ock. For me, I'm like, Doc Ock has no interest, has, has no vested interest in keeping that secret. No. Like, it's over. There's yep. no way he's keeping that a secret. That that character would never keep that secret. No, not at all. Especially not with the whole messed up mind thing, as we discovered. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, well, you've ruined it. But we'll see what happens in that in the sequel, if they ever make it. Mm. Uh, Joshua Wright, Rorschach freaking out when his mask is removed. That's funny. Yeah. I was actually thinking about mentioning that one. The, 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 uh, the Rorschach unmasking. Give me back my face. <laughs> That was a solid moment. Uh, Preston Bryant, what about Oracle? Does she have an unmasking reveal? Um, there is a reveal that she is Oracle. And it's cool, but it's more of a character moment than it is like a... There's no, like... There isn't really a big, like, the... You know, everyone finds out that Barbara Gordon is actually, like, the secret, like, cipher of the DC universe. No, there's not, like, a big whoa moment. Yeah, it's more like... The big whoa moment is just kind of like, look, we're doing something with Barbara Gordon. <laughs> Did you did you see what they're doing with Oracle now? Actually, for Villains Month. Nah. Her her the Batgirl villain of Villains Month will be Oracle. Yeah. What? The I. Yeah, the idea being is that somewhere along the line, Barbara Gordon did work on you know like the Oracle program, but now it's become like self-aware, and now it's got its own robot body and shit, and it's trying to kill Batgirl so it can be the only one, I guess. So they dusted off some OMAC project garbage, some Brother yeah. Eye crap, and they were like, oh no, everyone's sick of Brother Eye, make it the Oracle one. So now Oracle is Batgirl's OMAC. Yes, that's that's a good way to look at it. That sucks. No one likes <laughs> OMAC or Brother Eye. That sucks. And yet they keep coming back. I don't get it. I don't get it. We'll build it. We'll build all the future's end around Brother's Eye. What a mistake. And you and you had time to fix that. Anyway. Uh, Actually, Tynan used Brother Eye to good effect, but made it more of a thing for Tim Drake. Yes. Okay. You're right about that. But again, that was a my. There was a, a, many more other things around yeah, that. You got to watch all the ways it didn't work before they did that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, listen, we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us and checking out this episode. Before you go, listen, uh, if you want the party to keep going, it does because we have a bonus show that's over on patreon.com slash comic pop. You can catch a bonus episode of uh, another show we do called One Shots, which is literally just like we talked right after this. It's kind of like the post show. <laughs>